if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. Jessica Donovan here. I am thrilled that you are listening in today, wherever you might be in the world and whatever you might be doing, whether that's some housework or driving or perhaps walking or exercising. It's the beauty of podcasts, isn't it? We can listen and learn while we're getting on with all of the things that we need to do as mums. Um, I know I'm a, I'm a big podcast listener when I'm going for walks or doing other, other chores around the house and that sort of thing. So today we are continuing on with the topic of feeding kids. Last week's episode, we talked about getting those foundations right, those nutritional foundations right. Um, so you can have a listen to that episode if you haven't already. It's definitely not a prerequisite for this episode, though. Today, we're going to be diving into the first of my tips when it comes to fussy eaters and also, you know, creating really healthy, well-balanced eaters um, in your children. So one of the things that often comes up when I start talking about, you know, getting more veggies into your kids and making sure they're getting enough proteins and healthy fats and all of those things that we talked about in last week's episode is, well, that's all well and good, but what if my child won't eat 
what I put in front of them. So I want to share over the next few episodes some of my top tips and strategies when it comes to fussy eaters. And as I said, raising um, good eaters, which is what we all want uh, for our children. So the first uh, foundational thing that I want to talk about when it comes to fussy eating is a, a concept called the division of responsibility. Now, this is uh, this can be really life-changing for a lot of families um, and hopefully it will be for you. So this term, division of responsibility, is coined by a feeding expert called Ellen Sater um, and I will link to her website in the show notes uh, so you can have a bit more of a look at her work. Um, so the division of responsibility really helps to divide the responsibility of feeding and eating between parents and children. So this helps to, one, empower children, which is fantastic because a lot of eating struggles or a big part of a lot of eating struggles comes down to control. You know, eating is one of the things that kids can control. We cannot force and we should not force them to eat. Um, and so often these kind of uh, eating issues initially can come up because kids are learning to sort of exert some control. Um, so the division of responsibility really helps to empower our children, which is good news when it comes to raising a healthy eater um, and a well-balanced eater. And it also helps to take the pressure off us as parents. So often there's all this pressure, particularly when we do have kids that are fussy or picky, because um, we want them to get all this good nourishment in and it doesn't always go that way. So that this is why I really want to to talk about this as the first step because um, it does help to take the pressure off parents, which has a positive flow-on effect um, to the way kind of eating times go within the house. So the way the division of responsibility works is that as parents, we are responsible for certain things when it comes to feeding and eating, and our kids are responsible for other things when it comes to feeding and eating. So as parents, we take responsibility for what foods our child is offered, when our child is fed, and where our child is fed. So we take responsibility for these three things. And with the division of responsibility, our children become responsible for whether or not they eat what is offered and how much they choose to eat. Now, this is very different to probably how we were brought up as kids. You know, a lot of us were brought up as, you know, you need to finish everything on your plate. We don't waste food. Um, all of those things, you know, you can't leave the table until you've finished your dinner, all of those things. So this, even though it's a simple concept, the division of responsibility, it is a process that we need to kind of um, take slowly and, and go easy on ourselves because it does involve, one of the big things it does involve is um, us giving up control as parents, which is very different often to the way that we've been brought up and the way that we've been treating mealtimes with our kids up until the point where we learn about this division of responsibility. So 
one of the the biggest first steps to get your head around this is that you do need to let go of some control. So I like to talk about it and think about it as this sort of imaginary line that is being drawn. So once we have figured out what we're feeding our kids, determined when our kids are going to be fed and where our kids are going to be eating and where our family is going to be eating, um, we can then draw the line and then the responsibility is handed over to our kids. So that really means that as soon as that food is served um, and everyone's sitting down to eat, then now the responsibility is no longer yours as the parent. It is now the responsibility of the child. So imagining that drawing that line is important. And also, as I said, taking this slow, this does require a lot of of mindset shifts for us as parents. Um, And so it's not going to be an easy thing to, to implement immediately, even though the concept is really very simple. So let me just let me just go over that again in case you missed it. So as parents, we take responsibility for what food the child is offered, when the child is fed, and where the child is fed. And our children take responsibility for whether or not they are going to eat what is offered and how much they are going to eat. So you can see that that really puts a lot of responsibility back in the child's um, hands and that helps them to feel empowered. And it really does help to end those mealtime battles, those dinnertime battles that are so common um, in families and lead to unhappy mealtimes and stressful mealtimes. And that just exacerbates the problem because when our kids are are feeling that stress, even before they sit down at the table because of the um, you know, the past experiences they have had at mealtimes when we are just, you know, really begging them to just have one more bite of this or just finish your vegetables or just eat your chicken um, or you can't leave the table until this is this is eaten. And we do that because you know, we are we are doing we are trying to do what what is best for our kids, um, because we know how important nutrition and food is to their growth and development. But that does, you know, exacerbate and lead to a lot of stress at mealtimes. And when we are stressed and our kids are stressed, that really does negatively affect their appetite, and it does lead to these these dinner time battles. Um, so it, it, it's a bit of a process to implement this, but it can really help with a lot of those issues that exacerbate fussy eating and picky eating and unpleasant mealtimes when it comes to our kids. So that is the concept of the division of responsibility. Now, I really like to pair this with what I call my kitchen open kitchen closed approach as well. So that kids are clear when they have made that decision or while they're making that decision what to eat and how much to eat, they are clear when the next eating opportunity is. So the kitchen open, kitchen closed concept, I really came up with this um, because my daughter, who's now 11, is, um, is a real grazer. You know, she eats small amounts. She doesn't eat huge amounts at mealtimes, but then she's hungry an hour later um so and and this was a real problem when she was little she was constantly wanting snacks and so i implemented this kitchen open kitchen close strategy so it's breakfast time the kitchen's open you know i'm making 
breakfast. Um, I'm offering breakfast. And then once the child is saying, well, I'm full, I've had enough, or I don't want any more, or I don't want any of this, um, then okay, that's fine. But just remember that the next time the kitchen open is open is at morning tea time at 10 o'clock. So is your tummy full enough, do you think, to last until then? Um, and so this is really helpful to really limit that constant snacking, but it's also really helpful for that awareness of kids to, to start to become aware that they can't just eat all day, every day. Um, you know, if you, and, and it also eliminates that, well, I don't really want this, but I want a snack afterwards. Um, so as long as they, they know that, you know, kitchen's open for breakfast, for morning snack, for lunch, for afternoon snack, for dinner. Um, and, you know, you decide on those, but as a general rule, that's what I would recommend. Um, and then kitchen is closed until the next meal or snack time. So I like to pair this division of responsibility. And this is very age dependent, obviously, like really, really small kids are not going to get this concept of, well, you can't eat again until um, lunchtime or morning snack time. And this really comes into um, the division of responsibility in that as parents, we are responsible for when when we're offering the, that ch- the child food, our child food. And so we are offering them food with this kitchen open, kitchen closed concept, you know, at breakfast, at morning snack, at lunch, at afternoon snack and at dinner. And perhaps there's an after dinner snack as well. That sort of, um, you know, varies depending on what time you're eating and all of that sort of thing. So I, I feel like pairing this division of responsibility and the kitchen open, kitchen closed concept together works really well well. The other thing that works really well with the division of responsibility is serving family style meals in the middle of the table. And so this gives our kids another level of independence um, in that they get to help themselves. So they get to put as much food on their plate as they're going to eat and the parts of the meal that they want to eat. So they get to choose what goes on their plate and how much goes on their plate. So this really helps kids make um, you know, these decisions for themselves. It creates a positive eating environment and it helps to promote a healthy appetite as well. You know, we, we want our kids to be eating healthy food, of course, but it can go the other way if we are constantly telling them to take one more bite, they need to eat more, that we're we're sort of um unempowering them to listen to the cues of their body. You know, our kids might really be feeling full. They might just, it might not just be that they don't want to eat that broccoli um, or the rest of their meal. Their tummies might be full. So if we're, we're constantly at them about just eat, eat one more bite, it's really taking away that, that body awareness and that um, ability to listen to their body and to stop eating when they're full so that they don't end up overeating. Um, Um, which can lead obviously to a whole heap of of other issues as well. So by serving food in the middle of the table um, and letting them help themselves, that can be a really um, nice way to to get into this sort of division of responsibility concept as well. Now, when it comes to very fussy, picky eaters, we do need to put in a little bit more thought and effort when it comes to this. So we don't want to be Um, you know, only serving food that we know our kids are not going to eat. So when you do have a a picky or a fussy eater, you want to make sure that there's at least one element on the table 
that they are going to eat, even if it is just, you know, a bowl of white rice and they're not going to have the the chicken curry or the vegetables to go with it. Um, So that is just something to think about, even if it is um, a food that is not necessarily the healthiest sort of dinnertime food, um, but you know that there's not other elements on the table that your child is going to eat, um, you might still want to uh, serve that in the middle of the table and everyone sort of can help themselves. And of course, you're encouraging your kids um, to maybe try a little bit of, of the vegetables if they're not putting that on their plate. Um, but really, you know, the way to get started with this is to take that pressure off, drawing that line. As soon as that food goes on the table, the child is responsible for um, what and how much they eat. Now, I am I will go into some other sort of, you know, there's a lot of questions that come up with this, with this sort of uh, concept. And so I will go into some some other different ways that you can that you can use this um, and different ways that you can ensure that your kids are still getting that good nutrition um, even when they are, you know, um, you are using this division of responsibility concept. So a couple of things that will often come up. So, um, you know, it's really common when we're talking about fussy eaters that that fussy eaters are adverse to vegetables. They don't like a lot of vegetables. They might only like one or two vegetables, if that, and they only like them a certain way. So they might only like raw carrot sticks, for example, or peas. Um, so with when, when we're looking at that sort of issue, we want to just make sure that those vegetables are always on the table or always on the plate. But then we want to be making sure that there's um, exposure to other vegetables um, in the middle of the table as well. So, um, yeah, we want to just make sure that there are those vegetables on the table if our child is a limited vegetable eater. And the same goes for protein. So, again, um, you know, some kids just don't like a lot of protein. They don't like meat or eggs or um, or they don't like a lot of the, the varieties of different proteins. So, for example, if your child is not a big meat eater and you're worried about their protein consumption, um, think about the protein that they that they do accept fairly readily. So, for example, it might be um, some boiled eggs or a fried egg or some scrambled eggs Um but they don't like chicken or meat or fish. Um, So again, you would want to make sure that you are serving some eggs on the table to ensure that they are getting going to get that protein. Even if you are, like the example that I said before, having a chicken curry with rice, you could also just cut up some boiled eggs on the table um, so that they have got that protein. So going back to what we talked about in last week's episode, ensuring that your kids or aiming for your kids to get that palm-sized portion of protein um, and, you know, some healthy fats in their meals as examples. So you want to just sort of get creative in terms of ways that you can try and encourage your kids to be getting that amount of protein and healthy fats and vegetables in. Um, so so you might need to sort of tweak what you're serving uh, to ensure that that happens, but then make sure that, you know, your kids are being exposed to different varieties of the protein of the veggies in the middle of the table. Everyone else is eating those. And over time, that exposure can work really well to make a child more comfortable to eat 
a particular food. Um, so again, my daughter uh, in the past has not been a great protein eater, but she's always liked eggs and nuts. So if we're having something like a, a, some steak and salad or something, um, you know, I'll, I might often make some meatballs uh, that she is more likely to eat. Or if I'm, I'm out, of, you know, short on time and can't do that, I'll just fry her up an egg um, or have some nuts on the table so that she can at least have that that protein source. And over time, she's definitely gotten better um, with the variety of different protein that she eats. So sometimes it takes a little bit of creativity um, and, and that balance of ensuring that our kids are getting the nutrition that they need, but also taking that pressure off of us as parents with this division of responsibility concept. One more thing I just want to mention is deconstructed meals can work really well um, when we're talking about uh, division of responsibility and serving those family style meals. So if you're a Natural Super Kids Club member, we have a bundle of deconstructed meals within the membership site. So you can definitely go and check those out. For everyone else, the, the idea of a deconstructed meal, I like to, so one of the recipes that we have in the club is a deconstructed chicken noodle soup where you make little chicken meatballs You um, and so you serve those separately to the broth um, and then you serve some veggies and some noodles all, all in separate bowls and then people can help themselves. So this works really well for kids that don't like soup because they can just have the noodles and the um, chicken and maybe some veggies, hopefully. Um, or some kids just like the clear soup, so they might drink the broth separately and eat the meatballs separately. So then everyone can sort of choose their preference when it comes to um, what they're going to put in their bowl or on their plate um, based on what has been served, if that makes sense. So, your um, yeah, I, I would like you to just start thinking about how you can implement this division of responsibility and start to take the pressure off you as a parent um, to get your child to eat more healthy food. I really hope that was helpful and we will continue this discussion next week. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.